What's up, everybody? This is Noah Kinsey. And Jonesy. And you're listening to the UFR Podcast. Roll it. Welcome back to Upon Further Review, and this episode is episode 55. We are on a clip. <laughs> this is about the 1946 It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, huh? <laughs> Starring the good old Jimmy Stewart. I really like that guy. Yeah, he I seems likable. He seems Very like a likeable. good dude, like somebody I want to have a beer with, you know? Yeah. At least that's what he feels like to me. Totally. Totally feels like a guy. Gary, he just, he just I Gary, think that's sit down. So- have a beer with me, Gary. Like, I will totally have a beer with you. That sounds amazing. How's the wife? Is she's she doing She's doing great, man. Gary, that's wonderful. I know. That's crazy, right? That's just, God bless us all. <laughs> I'm like, come here, bring it in, buddy. Give me a <laughs> hug, you sweet, you sweet fucking man. Um, <laughs> but for me, I feel what I... You like I, this movie. I Well, not only that, I like... Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, he's super likable. Super likable because he's like the everyman. Fuck Julia Roberts. He's America's sweetheart. <laughs> Literally. I mean, he's he's such a uh, a likable type of guy. Like you feel for him. You he uh, you realize that he's probably the most charming man. Yeah. You know, he's fun. He knows how to have a good time. I don't know. There was something about that man that I will leave my wife for. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But at the same time, I thought you know I really did like. I love his character. I've and this is the reason why I'm going you know ape crazy over this is because this is the first movie I've never seen this movie before. I had not before, and this. I've never seen a Jimmy Stewart movie before. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. Vertigo. Oh yeah, that's right. That fuck, dude. Totally. I I don't know. <laughs> then that's the even funnier part was that I totally forgot that this guy that played, you know, George Bailey. I'm not obsessed with her. Change your hair color to be like her. You want to make me happy? He was don't so you? So much older than yeah. you know. What I mean, I mean, young, older in Vertigo versus younger in right. Because in this, he know. was 38. Oh, was when he? he when they filmed it? He was supposed to be 28, but his character was. But he was 38 when they filmed it. Ah, okay, all right, all right. And well, it was his first role after coming back from World War II. Ooh, that's no, pretty one. cool. World War One, two. I would assume it was 46. This is 46. Yeah, yeah, so, it's yeah two. so and he. We know uh, our history, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he turned it. He initially turned it down because he was worried that he would be rusty just having come back from the war. Wow. I can't do it, guys. I want to, but... Maybe that's why he has, a, so, he has, he has a stutter. I'm so rusty. Huh. That's so pretty, very rusty. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, he just... He portrays that mid... The, the middle America mm. man so well. Just Super well-meaning, looking right? out for his common man. Working hard. You know, the, the, the epitome of the American yeah. identity, in my opinion. Sticking up for the little man. Exactly. And sacrificing everything. Literally. Everything that that man has ever wanted for the greater good of everybody else. Yeah, he gave up on all his dreams for everybody else. For everybody else. And I love that particular theme so, so much, you mm-hmm. know. And then you have the moments of, like, giving so much of who you are to the point of, like. What's left. What's left of me. Right. Ultimately leading to where we get to. Right. I don't know about you, but did you feel that this felt like two different movies at one point? Yes, because the actual point of the movie doesn't happen until 30 minutes left of the movie. Like, I'm like, this feels like the longest first act ever. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like (laughs) a 90 page first act. This is all prologue. (laughs) It really was. This is all prologue. We have 10 minute act one, 10 minute act two. Because Clarence isn't even in it until the last 30 minutes. Right. You just hear his voice in the beginning, kind of in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But I guess at the same time, you would never, ever have that sense of context for the last 30 minutes of him choosing to do what he's doing if you didn't have the history. It just never really felt like it built up. It was. I would disagree with you. I felt yeah. that it did build up because, you know, they brought back the ear thing pretty well. They everything built up to the point when he goes back, those things weren't there anymore. You know, his sacrifice gotcha. for well, his younger brother. That's not exactly building. That's more like plants. Yeah, but that's what you do with the good plant is you build you build it. We but just I'm got saying paid. It didn't, we it get it never paid felt off like it was building. It felt like it just 
Kind of like when, you know, when you're in the ocean and it's not getting deeper as you go, it's just staying the same. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden there's this huge drop off. That's kind of how I felt when it's like, and eight grand missing. Uh-huh. Like it never, to me, it never felt like it was slowly escalating really much to anything. It felt like we were just learning about this dude without any, any acceleration or any um, build up. Mm. There's uh, a lot so of how, I mean, world building, but not build up. Well, I mean, you get a guy that, you know, first part of the movie, he doesn't want to be in this town anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, his dad worked really hard, yada, yada, yada. Then his dad has a stroke, leaves the the bank and loan um, for for his son. They're going to they're going to approve keeping this around. By the way, the only contingency is you who has no experience doing this. You have to run. it. You have to be. Here. Okay, is this a trap? Because. You're wanting me to fail, right? Like, I don't know banking. <laughs> like, we have established I don't know what I'm and doing. And I don't even like this I don't, shit. I did not want to be here. Yeah. I have things I want to do, and you're wanting me I to do this. to see. Airplanes Which, by the fly. way, when I was per- practicing, like, or just messing around and doing the voice, if you make it more breathless, it's Tom Brokaw. You realize this, right? <laughs> I did not put two and two together, no. Gerald Ford died today. Oh, God. That's an age of 83. <laughs> oh, Clarence. Big news today in heaven. Clarence gets his wings. Like, that's Tom, Tom Brokaw. Brokaw. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart just more winded. He's Maybe like Jimmy not... Stewart with with asthma. <laughs> Maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe. You know? I don't know. Fuck it. I'm doing my Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, he got famous off of somebody else's voice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um But yeah, to 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 which end you have to me a guy that's it it's slowly ramping up. You know? Okay. He is so far over that the movie's about somebody being trapped. Uh-huh. He's basically trapped himself, right? Like, yeah. you done played yourself, son. You really have. You 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 wanted to fight for the little man so much. You had so much pride, yeah. which is his only major fault, right? Yeah. Um, and through that pride, ends up having a beautiful wife mm-hmm. and oh, a darn. crap ton of kids in a beautiful home that they restored. Mm-hmm. You know, which is one, in my opinion, great symbolism throughout the story. You know, this rags to ultimate wealth of a home, right? Yeah. Like a home that is, that's not even existent to, that he didn't even want in the beginning to a home that he's able to build with somebody that he loves. Very I'll never much. get married. Never. I love that <laughs> jump cut too. It was so funny. Even moreover, the, that scene is they're throwing rice um, and it's storming yeah, like crazy. I'm like, that is really interesting. Dude, they have a meal right there. Just yeah. wring out their clothes. I know. And just... There's a lot of exploding pigeons <laughs> at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> the preacher comes out. He's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Told him no more fucking rice. I just am about ready to quit. This is just so many dead birds. I'm just, <laughs> they did not tell me this in seminary. I'd have to clean up so many bird guts. They're all like, well, looks like we're having a pigeon for two weeks. Yeah. Mm. So, sorry free food sorry, sorry guys tell the butcher we don't need that flank yeah exactly we got some pigeons <laughs> um but i do i really do feel like it's okay. ram- that it does yeah, it's kind of it, maybe it's more like that it's the, subtle though it's how you yeah. live life you well, know maybe what it's I mean? like more you start of like with the metaphor of like the frog that's in the boiling pot of water where it's like exactly slowly ratchets it up and the frog doesn't realize it until it's dead. He's dead. Exactly. And that to me very much so. Okay. Because he doesn't that. he didn't realize that he was putting himself uh-huh. he was trapping himself. Yeah. So it made sense to me through that context um that all the little moments that are happening over time, mm-hmm. you know? The the last part of the movie in my opinion is really enjoyable because you had so much of that yeah. that beginning setup. Yeah, I can see that. You get what I mean? Well, um I wish and, it was longer. I feel like the last part felt a little bit rushed to me. I felt but like how much more done. do you need? You know, like really just felt much too frantic. I guess I'm used but to like it, a though. Christmas carol where it's like let's go through every Little bits and pieces for that's ninety what I minutes. Loved about this particular one is because you know Scrooge after he saw his his the love of his life with somebody else. Like you didn't really and Tiny Tim. Like that motherfucker was done. You didn't even add it. You didn't even need to throw yeah. his ass in the last. You know, yeah. like a future. You know, 
Like, well, I'm going to be dead? Thanks. I already knew this. I already knew this. Congratulations, bro. Like, he knew <laughs> right away, Yeah. okay, fuck, this is what I'm missing out on. This is what I missed because I did this so much, and this is what I missed, you know, being the type of man that I am, and yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Yeah. After that, you're good. Uh-huh. And I think with It's a Wonderful Life, they set up so much, they were able to do it in such a simple way, right? He basically runs to the town, and he runs out of the town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, it worked extremely well because of the way that they set up his small world. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. This uh, is a movie that I can appreciate, but I didn't necessarily care for. Really? Yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. I, Why? I don't know. It just, I didn't. Do you not have a heart? Pretty much. Jesus Christ, Have Grinch? you been talking to my ex-wife? Jesus. <laughs> uh, I just, <laughs> it just, I, I guess I can appreciate it. I don't yeah. get why it's uh, Christmas uh, like a classic that people watch every single Christmas because that's really not. It doesn't. It doesn't I, really. That's interesting fit. to me that it's like the quintessential Christmas movie because, because it's only the last thirty minutes of Christmas. Yeah. The rest is all like a lifetime. I can. It I can, feels more coincidental about the Christmas angle than purposeful. Right at the very end of the year, yada yada. Because even like there's nothing about the conflict. Even before he, you know, left the family about ready to commit suicide. Nothing about like family or like Christmas. Right. Like, why are you leaving? It's Christmas tomorrow. Oh, Christmas. <laughs> you know, there was none of that. It just happened to fall. And that bar is packed Christmas Eve. But, so that's, so that, that's like the undisputed Christmas classic, but yet there's still debates over Die Hard being Christmas. Yeah. Movie or not, which it is, by the way, it's a Christmas movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> it all goes down in a Christmas party. He's there for Christmas to be to try and rekindle things with his wife. Yeah, if if It's a Wonderful Life can be a Christmas movie, then Die Hard's a Christmas Oh, my God, Christmas then it's movie. the Christmas movie. I mean. But anyway, I just, I didn't necessarily, because it was the first time I've seen it, and I'm like, how is this a classic on Christmas? This isn't a, I mean, un- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. So, all right, fine. Let's take it outside of your your ideology on when you were going to watch it, right? Like you got it, went into watching this movie thinking it was going to be a Christmas movie. I mean, I knew that this was something that was played during Christmas. I was waiting for the Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, so, when is it coming? You're like waiting for Santa. It's, well, it's like when I went and saw uh, twenty eight. Um, what was it called? Like twenty eight days later. Uh-huh. I'm like. Uh or no, twenty eight days is the one where it's like Sandra Bullock, and I'm like, all right, where are the where are the zombies are they coming at some point? Nope, that's twenty eight days later. <laughs> how did you <laughs> how did you do that? They have like the same title. They have the same title, but did you not notice the difference of box covers? One looks like it's a fucking campy. It ass was it was Nancy Meyer movie. It was when I was at a hotel like a and I saw fucking- it. They had HBO. And I saw like, oh sweet, twenty eight days. Like your Sandra Bullock zombie movie. Sandra Bullock. I think thought she was branching out. I don't know. What the hell, dude? You basically bamboozled yourself. I mean, seriously, like Meg Ryan was in in the cut. That's not a Meg Ryan movie. So I'm like, maybe Sandra Bullock's expanding out to zombies, (laughs) and no zombies ever show up in this movie. I'm like, well, but you still cried and you did get a boner. No, I didn't. But I thought it was interesting. I'm like, well, it's interesting because they're all stuck in this like sober living like rehab place so i guess if zombies came by law they can't leave there so that's quite the oh predicament and then God. they never came and then uh like a year or some so you were so later, trying to you were still throughout the entire movie i was working waiting. in your mind like all right zombies could still kind of sh- show up look to be fair the the second act of this movie doesn't happen until 30 minutes left of the movie so <laughs> it can happen gary <laughs> But then, like, That's pretty fucking funny. But though, then, a couple man. years later, they had on the office. They had an episode where it was the opposite, where uh, where Pam said she was watching Twenty Eight Days Later and was waiting for Sandra Bullock. And I'm like, thank you. Oh, like, that's fucking. I'm not funny. the only one. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking funny. Well, I mean, so what was it about this movie that you didn't like? I just, I just, I felt. I don't know. I just, I, I, for me, the, I don't know. It just didn't grab me. The pacing was just whatever. Um, I mean, like I said, I appreciated it. Like I would watch it and find things I appreciated about it. It's just was a movie where it just, 
I'm like, it's just not for me. Like, I would never watch this again. Dude, I, like, I got teary-eyed. Really? Through this goddamn movie. Really? Totally, man. It's a guy that gives himself so much to everybody else in Uh, this fucking town. Yeah. Right? And ultimately, he loses. And I think there are parts of it that kind of threw me out of it. Like, things Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a sec. Which, once again, I mean... It's not that happens in a bunch of movies where you have to suspend your disbelief. Well, I had a question for you. So at the beginning in the pharmacy slash candy store or whatever, those little girls, those were adult women dubbing their voices over the girls, right? Because those were super mature voices for like, dude, I have no idea. I didn't even put two and two together, man. If you can watch it again, check it out because like their voices are like deep for like felt fine to me eight years old huh also I guess I'll, re- I'll have to rewatch my that, question but. is so the drunk pharmacist who the actor was really drunk by the way and really hitting that little kid to the fact the little kid's ears bled so after they said cut the pharmacist hugged the or like the actor hugged the kid which i'm like i'd be like get off i'm deaf now so that's legit that was legit he was legit drunk he legit hit that boy oh like damn yeah don't tell sag um but uh sag wasn't invented then (laughs) but my question is so the alcoholic pharmacist accidentally when he was mixing the compounds for vitamins put rat poison in there why does he have rat poison as an ingredient back there anyway what's he making cigarettes (laughs) i was kind of curious why do you have such a big thing of poison like (laughs) where why it's, it's, it's what is that an ingredient in well, to his defense, back then it was a general store, so oh. they have all types of stuff. The girl, little girl, came in and got shoelaces. The other girl got a chocolate float with coconuts. Yeah. You know, and that whole scene with him talking about coconuts. coconuts. Um, and then you have a pharmacist type of thing where one of the ladies is asking for medication. So yeah. my assumption is that it's probably for people to come in when they have a rat issue. You know, it's a general store, so they have all that types of shit. That makes more sense because I was confused because I'm like, what is this? It's not a candy shop, but it's a pharmacy. I didn't – I guess I didn't put two and two together. That was like everything. Like well, it's basically right. You, you didn't put two <laughs> and two together when this girl came in to get shoelaces and another girl ordered a fountain drink. To be quite then, honest, I thought, I, mean, like, I thought shoelaces was like a candy because the other girl was there for candy, and I thought it was a candy store at first. When she said shoelaces, I'm Who like, "Can make the sunrise." You think it's gonna start out? <laughs> I like think it was like Red Willy Vine. Yeah, I thought it was like that. Red Vine, or you know, no, or man. shoestring potato chips. Like, if you ever had those, did you amazing. see what she was holding in her hand at the end? That was very confusing. I'm like, oh those don't God. look edible. That's I didn't know. <laughs> It's a black boy. Jesus know. Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, that whole, the scene for me that was really, really unique, and it shows so much of George Bailey's character, mm. even with the little kid. I thought the little kid did I phenom- ain't no snitch. <laughs> I ain't going to tell nobody to try to poison them. Um, or that you just basically beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell people I fell down the stairs. George, why is your ear bleeding? So what? Clumsy. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> what? Huh? What? No, it's fine. Talk in my good ear. <laughs> Talk in my good ear, man. And then they do this like, no, both ears are fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that that int- that scene was so powerful for me because it showed the the innocence of George. Uh huh. But it also showed the giving someone a chance. The amount of bravery that that kid had True. and pride that that kid had. Uh-huh. You know, with telling off Mr. Potter. Who was talking shit? Don't talk on his, to my dad like you that. You can't talk to my dad like that. And I was like, "Dang, kid, damn, kick him in the nuts." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, get him, get him, man. get him. He's like, "Don't let him talk to you like that, dad." Like, if that was my son, I'm like, "Yeah, don't talk to me like that, <laughs> fool." You know? Um, dad, grow some balls. Yeah, stop being a bitch, dad. <laughs> Show this boy what's up, like you did with me, kid. <laughs> Dang, this movie went weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this movie went went south. Uh, <laughs> little George is like, I know what to do. Daddy starts taking off his belt. Like, oh, I, I know. know what I the know fuck to do, this, man. Uh, uh, you ain't talking to my daddy like this. <laughs> I know what happens when you sass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to even that moment there alone, though, you know, a, a son, a young son, that really doesn't even understand what's going on, but knows that this guy is disrespecting his father and says 
no, you do not take that. Uh-huh. Right. Um, shows great moral value within that character right away. And then the next scene over the reason why he runs to his dad in the first place is because the kid knows that the doctor or the pharmacist or the, the store owner, Mr. Uh-huh. Gower, he, he put poison in there, but he ain't having none of it. He's not going to listen. He just, ah, get the hell out of here. He sees the sign that says dad will know. Yeah. You know, which I thought obviously little things like that. I'm like, whoopity do. Right. <laughs> but he runs to his dad to ask him like, what do I do? Uh-huh. Right. But then he gets thrown out of that office. And he's and like, then, I got to figure it out he, myself. And then he chooses, he chooses the right thing to do. And throughout this entire movie, he chooses the right thing to do. Yeah. It just doesn't benefit him at the very right. To, he knows until it's the very for the end. greater good. Right. That that particular scene with the with Gower was really powerful for me because one, I felt that scene yeah. so much between them. Um, and it was very touching. To me personally, mm. within the first fifteen minutes of this movie, uh-huh. I already got choked up because you have a kid that is so selfless, right in the face of like of, of being fired and looking bad, and you know getting the uh, shit, getting kicked, the out shit kicked out of him, right? Yet he still stood his ground and he stayed strong in that moment, right? And that guy saw like through extreme extreme circumstances he saw a kid that like genuinely cared about him and through i think extreme that humbled selflessness him. Uh-huh. right through extreme selflessness that somebody cared enough that about the old him man. that humbled him in the first fucking 15 20 yeah. minutes you even know saving his brother from drowning right and that's even even further and to be wounded because of it he can't hear out of his left ear uh. right so my point is this though those are the types of moments that happen throughout this movie over yeah. and over and yeah. over again and you have a guy that has these dreams we've all been there we we are two guys that have probably felt this yeah i've right? sacrificed a lot of shit i mean you know i'm married you've been married there's nothing more that i want to to give my wife the moon if I could. Right. Right. But there's, you know, you, you worry that you can, you worry that you're making the right choices in order to don't give, give her the moon. Whatever. I think that would mess with her menstrual cycle. I don't, I don't know the, <laughs> the science behind the moon, it, the, but the heavy of the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Thanks for the moon. Now expect to flood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> parting of the red sea. Yeah. Oh. Let my people go. Huh? <laughs> um, but to, to that point, mm. Not the Red Sea, but yeah, <laughs> you let's bastard. Moving past, we've all lived. We, we've all had relationships. Sure. People, we, we've all been in spaces where we've never felt like we've been enough, or we've wanted. If you're not more. a s- complete selfish piece of shit, you know that sacrifices get made to help out other people, right? And you, and what I love the most about this movie is you see everybody around him because of the sacrifices he's made. Mm-hmm. You know, his brother gets to go to college, mm-hmm. um, become super successful and become and, a war hero. And, and he doesn't he he just he takes his licks because yep. he knows that that could have been him. He has that type mm-hmm. of drive to be great. Yeah. But he was great in his own way throughout yeah. this whole movie. Well, he made such a important <laughs> difference to so many people in that town. I mean, but he, he never got to do what he truly right. wanted to do. And that's the beautiful thing. Right. That's the wonderful thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was that we never know that we're doing the thing. We're not lit. We never know that we're truly living who we're supposed to be until you're present. Yeah. He was never present. And mm-hmm. I feel the last 30 minutes of this movie gave him the opportunity to just be present to who he truly is for the people around him. Yeah. Right. Because he was so selfless. Mm-hmm. And then you have this opportunity where he is loved. He does have, I hate to keep saying it's a wonderful life, but he has created such a, a, a beautiful. Yeah, he's created a community. Of, and that's all that fucking matters mm. is that love. And he gave people hope. He gave, he, even when, uh, when they were trying to get their money out of the bank and he just gave everything. He gave all but what, like $10? Two, so like $2. Two dollars. all he had. Yeah, but he gave, he just, he championed his, for all of those people. On his night of his honeymoon. Uh-huh, that he was supposed to go away with $2,000. And it just filled my heart with so much joy. He gave the last, he has the last $2 to his freaking name and his beautiful wife takes him to this dilapidated home. Mm. So he can do it. So, so they can consummate. Yeah. So they can make their first of 
five million kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, well, I guess if I'm not going to get to go out and shoot the war, I'll, I might as well fuck my wife. <laughs> Um, but that's pretty much what it seems like. Um, Honey, if I wanted to see ruins, we would have gone to Athens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this is kind of history. <laughs> um, this tells a story of a condemned building. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sane asylum. Uh, what? I think triple homicide happened here. Yeah, right. Honey, at least can we move the bed away from the chalk outlines? <laughs> <laughs> But even moreover, that moment is so sweet. Mm-hmm. She comes in, and she, she he has two thousand dollars. So I just I just want to put this shit in perspective. That guy, George, makes forty five bucks a week. Mm-hmm. He pays for his mother mm-hmm. and her her stuff. He has his own wife and his stuff. Um, so he doesn't really make that much money at the end. Uh, even Potter said it was like ten dollars. Ten dollars if name you're lucky. If, if you don't have kids, if you don't exactly, and if he you're, doesn't if have you're kids, lucky, right? And on top of that, he saved two thousand dollars for his honeymoon. Trying to do the math here as we're talking about what inflation that would be. Um, and he gives that the the money away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is beautiful. Um, and then his wife obviously creates this really beautiful romantic moment. Uh, so that'd be 30. He had thirty five thousand dollars cash on him on him right there for their honeymoon. That's a freaking amazing honeymoon. Uh, well, he said finest hotels yeah. going to this and that and champagne and the finest caviar like they were doing it big. Right. But he gave it all away and he fought for what he what he knew was right mm-hmm. over and over and over and yeah. over again. I mean, Potter pisses me off. Like, I really wish there was a comeuppance for that asshole. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end because I have thoughts. On All that. right. We can kind of get to that. But, yeah, he's a piece of shit throughout the whole movie. Throughout the whole fucking movie. And if it movie. wasn't for George, all of those people would have lost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's George stepped up with that $2,000 and he saved the livelihoods and the homes of all of those people. Right. He right. literally did that. Because they would have, they were all going to go over there to get fifty cents on the dollar for all their stuff, and he helped them save. And it, he helped yeah. them save all of it. Even the one guy is like, when he got the two hundred dollars from George or whatever, he's like, close out my account. George is like, no, you always have an account here. Like he wasn't letting that guy give up because he's basically mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way. What happened? That was the depression, right? Yes. It okay. was during the depression. Their money, their equity was going yeah. out of their land. That was when the economy tanked. So exactly. people's equity didn't mean shit. Exactly. Yeah. So they were worried because all their equity, the way that their the business worked was their equity was in each other. It was like a pool of money that was coming in that was helping each other to get well, homes. Well, that's the reason so why forth. the FDIC now exists is to protect all of that. Is oh, because. That's good it wasn't insured back then. Mm. So basically like it was like the stock market where like it was very like Bitcoin where mm. it's a certain amount. And if it's gone, tough titties, you know, whereas now it's like, well, it's insured to a certain whatever. Right. Okay. So, but that's basically what happened. And then you got this guy that has a shit ton of money and he's like, well, I'll give you 50 cents yeah, to every dollar and I'll basically just own it all. He's you know? a slumlord. He right. wants everything and wants to streamline it. And but what's funny is because of that, um, during the McCarthy era, this movie was on the list um, because it was uh, accused of being against business, which what? is like communists against. I'm sorry, against banks. This movie they tried to argue was anti-banking establishment. It was a bank. Basically. That's my point. Like George had his own guy. Had yeah. nothing to do with anti-bank. No, he was giving away loans. His and shit banks. And all that his stuff. bank saved everybody right like, it's very much like bank owner versus as opposed to <laughs> yeah anti-banks right because george isn't like here take this money put it in your toilet bowl put it in the back tank it's the, I mean, it. the mccarthy era for that type of stuff is like have you been or have you been recently it's like no motherfucker i just realized that the way you guys do stuff sucks all yeah. right it's not because of this or I'm this i'm not part of the red scared dickhole i just yeah. May you know? I'm sorry if my version of community is different than your de- white collar version. Of and no, theft. I haven't. I haven't threatened anything. Right. We watched one of our recent movies. They were accused of. Oh, uh, oh, it was uh, Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. where they were accused of McCarthyism. That's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous so to me. That well, I mean, whatever. That's a time we get. Well, but <laughs> we can that that shit can come back around. <laughs> you know, yes, that stuff yeah. repeats itself with accusations, of, right? 
whatever. Um, cause now you have the whole socialism and all that mm. stuff where that's the negative word. Right. Um, well, the, I, which doesn't get, even don't mean, get me started on yeah. this stuff, man. No. But anyway, so I thought that was interesting back then, but you're right. I mean, he was a banker and he was a very More gen- or less. He was a, but, he was a financier. Yeah, he was, he, a but he was very officer, generous. He gave know? people, he trusted in people and it was all about community. He somehow, I have no idea financially made that like housing, like neighborhood uh-huh. and stuff. That he still didn't make any money off of, probably right. enough to like feed his billions of kids. That's but the interesting that, thing, but I feel like he made enough to be happy. Yeah. To live happy. He made enough. Right. You know, he didn't make a lot. He made enough. enough. Right. But then that bites him in the ass when down the line because he has no his cushion. Stupid uncle. Right. Who was it like eight thousand dollars? Eight thousand, yeah. I and mean, the surprising thing to me was it was subtle enough too how quickly it happened. Yeah. Um, it, I, in some crazy way, I felt the the silliness of it, but uh, I was literally watching. I wasn't sure it. if it was supposed. To, I couldn't tell during that part. I'm like, am I supposed to find this funny how he's flustered, or am I supposed to be like tense? Because I was no, tense. I was yeah. I don't. I didn't find it funny at all. Okay. Because because he kind of played a little guy, hammy a little bit when well, he was searching. Well, I think that's just his character. Yeah, though. or the actor maybe. Right. I think that's just his character because for me, we as the audience. We knew where it was. We knew where – well, we not only knew where it was. We knew what was – At stake? At stake. Yeah. And when he lost that money and we saw it and then we see Potter with it, uh, I was like, oh, that guy is such a fucking jerk. Yeah. You know? Even moreover, to see this guy down and out groveling at his feet and then has the audacity to call the DEA and, you know, the bank – people and mm. all this stuff and i'm just like that is absolutely ridiculous man and even before when potter was trying to buy him out when mm. he was saying twenty thousand dollars a year uh-huh. adjusted to inflation for 2015 that was about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year which so is a that's crap what he, ton of money no shit so that but not was, to work for somebody to own right that's gonna own right. him because that's the and that point. was the thing yeah right it's so ironic to me that you have a guy that's trapped that doesn't want to get further trapped. Mm. Right. But I think that's the beautiful thing about this story is that you have a guy in his own. Well, cause he, heart, know, he knew he what Potter's trap was. Exactly. And he's and just like he saved everybody else. Didn't want to make it. a deal with the devil. Cause he's like, this sounds generous, but there's a catch to this. Yeah, totally. And I like how he catches himself too, because it is enticing. Like he almost I'm shook like, his hand too. I know. And he catches himself yeah. in that moment. I thought that was such a beautiful. Yeah exchange two two of these powerhouses in a very swift moment and just with the look he's just like no mm. this is all wrong yeah this is all fucking wrong and i really love um his speech that he gives you know he he really does put that old man in his place yeah. time and time again i just i guess the only thing that i would want more of and this is probably because i like revenge I wanted to see something happen to Potter yeah, in some crazy way. Yeah, because let's be way. clear. I'll just say right now. Let's be clear. Potter won. He didn't lose. He kept the 8,000. He did. Nobody necessarily knows that he – nobody knows he has it except for his assistant. Mm-hmm. George is still arrested. No, he's not. Well, he isn't? He, no, not at all. Did you watch the end of this movie? I did. No, dude. Even the guys that came to arrest him gave mm. money to him gotcha. at the very that's, end. That's right. That's you right. You know, like, no, dude. I don't think that Potter won because Potter has no friends. But he, he has, never has. Well. Potter has no friends. Right. The thing is, is if Potter would win if he didn't get that $8,000. He got $20,000 from his buddy in plastics. He got a, more than $8,000 from the from his community that were just giving them what they could, Mm. um, which was all of their savings. So at the end of the day, not only does he have friends that care and love for who he is and who he is in their community, but he also has all the money he needs to do whatever the hell he wants at Mm. that point. You know what I mean? At the very end of it, all Potter has is his $8,000 that goes to nowhere. That is literally a slap in the face. 
I basically did all the right things to kind of stick it to you. Yeah. You know, I called all the right people. You're going to go to jail. Ultimately, the next day after this that we don't see is like, nope, they're fine. They have more than enough money to do whatever the hell they want. And basically, in my opinion, if we did the the after the movie scenario, he gets to travel. He gets to realize how beautiful his life is. And they actually run Potter out and they get to run their little town the way that they want to. Maybe. In my opinion. Maybe. Because he got the call saying someone would loan him like twenty five. Not loan 000. him, give him. Mm. Wasn't even a loan. That was his buddy. You know, you remember the yeehaw yeehaw. Oh, yeah. You know that time. Yeah. Those kids. He was the guy that tried to bring him in into the plastic, right? You know, right. Um, business. And he was like, no, no, it's not for me. I don't really have the money to do that. Kind of shot himself in the foot because it became this multi million dollar, yeah. you know, business. Which I love the green screen behind there. Oh, I where know. Where they're pretending <laughs> to look and it's like super fake. Super fake. fake. <laughs> that was um, great. They're, they weren't green screens, they were rear projectors. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. So they yeah. were they were actually shot onto the screen. I just thought that was kind of funny. Where I'm yeah, like, they're fun. I mean, it was fun know? and I liked it for what it was. Totally. And I liked the, uh, the gymnasium that opened up into a pool, which is actually Beverly Hills High School. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's where it was. I thought that was such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. The gymnasium that has the pool inside. I'm like, dude, that's efficient as hell. It is so efficient, it's and I love that efficient. everybody jumps in. Uh-huh. By the way, like, that, yeah. that's such so good. But to which end? To me, that's why I really enjoy this movie because at that very last moment, I literally my heart was full of so much joy for somebody that was so selfless to see that type of community that he's built mm-hmm. that I couldn't help but get choked up. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, I was like sitting there by myself with my cat in my lap bawling because I'm like, this is some like sweet, wonderful life. It's such a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. man. You know, and I don't know whether it's because we we go through life thinking but that you hope that w- you doing the right thing matters exactly. and is part of a bigger picture. Exactly. And you feel so heavily for George. To, to be a success and acknowledge who he is. That's what we ultimately want, in uh-huh. my opinion, for George is to acknowledge who he is for everybody around him. But he's so blinded by what he hasn't done and what he hasn't gotten to do right. that he hasn't been able to be present with the things that he mm-hmm. has. And, and just realize just how rich his life ultimately is. Truthfully. Uh-huh. And he does by the very end. Mm-hmm. And they do it in such a grandiose gesture that I, I don't – if you can't watch the end of this movie and feel some form I was of happy. like excitement and yeah. joy, yeah, I thought you're it was not a great human. Ending. <laughs> I thought it was a great ending. Wow. It's just the whole mo- – the, the movie experience for me was just I'm just coming fine. to the conclusion, Noah, that you don't like Christmas. <laughs> that you don't like things – unless somebody's uh, getting blown up. No, because uh, Elf – I watched Elf on Christmas. Okay, and you like that. The yellow movie. ones don't stop. Yeah, See, I but love... you don't like it because of Christmas. You like it because of the dumb quips. No, I love it because of Christmas. Don't you lie to me. I love it because of Christmas. Just because I was alone this Christmas doesn't mean I'm bitter, goddammit. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it means, man. Okay. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, I, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed this movie i've never seen it before and i'm Would you grateful buy it? i did buy it oh you did i totally bought it um and i and you're glad you bought it oh my god so much <laughs> so much this is going to be a movie that i'll watch every year oh wow okay because at the end of the day too you know we talk about movies allowing us to reflect on our own life mm-hmm. right there was a moment for myself that I was watching George Bailey and I was thinking about my own life and it gave me an opportunity to like be present to where I was able to be. Sure. You know, being married to to my high school sweetheart, to have a steady job, to get to do what I love, podcasting and doing creative things with you and to have a family that truly loves me and comes to support the things that I try to I try to do, whether mm-hmm. it's good or bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is such a beautiful a thing. I get to travel around the world um, and have that opportunity to do so. It's such a it's such a wonderful, wonderful life that I <laughs> can get lost in. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think what I love the most about the movie is it allowed me to take a step back and see where I'm at. And this is what I urge everybody listening to this and watching this movie is give yourself an opportunity to just be present with where you're at and look at the world that you've built around you, because I promise you it's a lot better than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Right. We're all searching for something. We're all running towards uh, that brass ring. Yeah. 
some of us catch it, some of us don't, but I think the biggest thing, and I hate being cliche saying shit like this, but the journey is, is what it's about is not the destination. Mm -hmm. And he learns that throughout this movie. And I thought that was just to me, man, I mean, it wells me up now just thinking how beautiful that sentiment is. And you don't get to see movies like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it was slow pace. Maybe it was a little bit long. Um, but you know what? I was so enveloped in all these characters and who they were and how they interact with one another and the loss that he kept taking and taking and overcoming. And, you know, um, I was okay with the pacing. I was okay with how slow it was. Cinematography was decent. I they think. uh they won technical awards for the the new snow that they made before it, it was, was. That's what they do at Disneyland. It's before it was foam, right? It was foamite, uh-huh. um, which is used for like to put out fires, right? With soap and water. Whereas before it was cornflakes painted white. <laughs> so, but when they were filming, there was crunching too much on the ground. So the director's like, "We need to come up with," or maybe not when they were filming this, but like the what? director Corn knew. Cornflakes, uh huh. Little flakes that would people, land up people. Somebody was painting cornflakes white mm-hmm. a million times. Wow! But like, either I'm assuming the director knew ahead of time. Um, but he's like, that's too loud. So we need to come up with something else. So they, <laughs> yeah, he's like sitting there. He's like, so they invented it. I want my light back. Cut. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. So that I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, Disneyland, if you guys go to Disneyland during the holidays, mm-hmm. um, after the fireworks, uh, they do like a, a snows on Main Street. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's these it's foam. The foamite. It's the foamite uh-huh. and it, the biodegradable stuff. It works so well. Yeah, it's cool. It's really neat. I was at Six Flags and they had the same thing. Did where they? I'm like, oh my. OMG Is this asbestos? No <laughs> It's not gonna hurt my lungs <laughs> Why am is I that? itchy? Yeah <laughs> I'm okay I'm okay you know, And what's interesting is this movie was actually a flop What? Yeah Like it did so not it was one make of those it, cult classics that like came over time slowly grew uh, Here's how Interesting how it got big So it, it did not make its budget back Oh shit um, I think it, Yeah it was like three point something million And it missed it by like Three or four hundred thousand dollars, and missed uh, just getting the close. budget. Back. That's a lot of money. Not back with then marketing, too. yeah. So it's like a lot of money. They kind of lost their hat on that. But TV stations started showing it so much, so they started making that back. And then there was a point where the rights got kind of fuzzy, where um, for a while it was uh, what's it called, eminent domain, or wait, what's it called with uh, where you can public domain, public domain, mm-hmm. where yeah, so stations played the shit out of it because other than just the overhead of the station, they didn't have to pay licensing wow. for like a long time until a production so company. So beautiful story was thrusted upon us. Yeah. Just because so they didn't have to pay for, exactly. for broadcasting exactly. fees. Exactly. Wow. They're like, we get to show this for free versus other stuff we have to pay licensing for. They're like, fuck so they Miracle just, on 31st Street so that's, or 30 whatever it is. That's one of the big reasons why – why it became so like loved by a lot of people is because it was just everywhere that because is it was free phenomenal and then they fought to get the or a production company fought to get the right backs and they got it but by that time i mean it's a classic yeah everybody um, sees it every christmas so now. an accident a legal uh, accident is the reason why this thing is so popular today and i'm so that's because that's divine any... intervention, in my opinion. Sure. At the at the most, that's almost what any filmmaker wants. If their films don't, there's like, I hope they find a second audience, like a secondary yeah, audience, dude. You know, for wow. it's like the ye old cult classic. Like that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that is such, yeah. dude. I mean, what a better way, mm-hmm. you know, to to become a success mm-hmm. than the way it feels like George Bailey. In its own success. Right. That's fucking beautiful. I think Clarence is the one that fucked with the legal paperwork. <laughs> if you hear a ding a ling that's because yeah, he yeah, got his wings got his by wings making this again. popular. Again. Yeah, totally. No, that's <laughs> awesome, man. That's really cool. So, I mean, if if, if we're asking the question, does it, you know, it, does it deserve to be on this list? Am I – personal opinion most definitely not not mainly because of cinematography Mm -hmm. or anything like that super special sure cinematography was great don't get me wrong but i mean we've seen movies with way better cinematography right i thought it was functional totally i mean that's about the as most raves as i can give it right 
I, for me, it was the beautiful craftsmanship and in character and mm. in story. And there wasn't a moment that I did not believe other than, I mean, there was slapsticky stuff because it's, you know, well, some Jimmy of his, Stewart, you know, some He's of that very stuff. physical, but other than that, I thought, uh, I thought they hit the mark for me. I, I was so enveloped. Usually I'm on my, you know, I get bored with a movie in a moment sure. and I'll get on my, I didn't pick up my phone once the wow, entire nice. time of this movie. So that has to say something uh-huh. for at least for me sure. anyway. What about you? I don't know. I really don't know. I can appreciate it for what it was, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I would say it's one of the best ever made. I don't think I would have it on my list of top 100. No, I don't think I would. Oh man. That's I thought sad. Jimmy Stewart's phenomenal. And I'm, I think he's one of the greats of Hollywood. So what would it need in order for it to be on your list? I just, for one, maybe just the, the, maybe it's kind of like one of those filmmaking feats where against all odds, it solved all these problems that had technical problems and things like that to get it. Kind of like when we talked about Jaws, I mean, the fact that the shark didn't work. So it's like, all right, Right. we got to make this super suspenseful and that improve the story tenfold um i don't know i really don't know i just for me i'm like i can appreciate it for what it was when it came out but for now i just for me i something's holding me back from feeling like this deserves to be considered one of the best movies ever made i don't know I just, it would not be on my top 100. Interesting. I just wouldn't. And I don't know. How are we still friends? <laughs> I feel like all of December, we've been so off. Yeah, a little bit. You know? A little bit. Did you like it better than Jingle All the Way? Oh, of course. That movie's <laughs> straight up garbage. <laughs> I had to get drunk for that podcast, which everybody <laughs> should listen to, by the way, because I was very drunk. But I wasn't slurry. That's good. That's because I've never heard myself while drunk. Uh-huh. So it was nice to hear that I don't get slurry like you see in like movies and stuff. That's funny. I just didn't have the usual filter where I'm like, fucking Sinbad. Like, <laughs> I just remember <laughs> multiple times being bummed out. Yeah. So I'm actually listening to it right now because there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. Oh, that's pretty funny. One of our Twitter followers is like, there's so many one-liners. I'm like, I don't remember any of those. Yeah. So I need to listen to this because oh. I don't remember a thing. I'm boycotting it for myself. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it. I think you should. Yeah, boycott it. I agree. <laughs> no, I think you should listen. <laughs> one thing I thought was funny was the one guy's like, uh, what's it say? It's against the law to commit suicide. Yeah. And that's like a law in a lot of states. And I just well, that's think that's the hilarious. Irony, right? yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Good job on that one, buddy. If you kill yourself, you are on death row. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to get a fine for that. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. <laughs> the dead body. Here's a ticket. Yeah, right. <laughs> it goes on your forehead. Yeah. Not only do you get a toe tag, <laughs> you, get to- <laughs> you get a citation. That's funny. So you honor before the 30th at court. Yeah, right. But I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> he didn't show up. We got a lot of bench warrants. <laughs> Damn it. We got a warrant out for his arrest. Oh, my God. Have you, see- have you seen this man? <laughs> He's like a dead corpse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the coroner is like in the graveyard. Or uh, dig them up, dig them up. That's pretty funny. That's funny. <laughs> you just see like a whole court just yelling at this <laughs> this corpse. It's a weekend at Bernie's type. It of thing. literally <laughs> is. <laughs> I like to call this stand George Bailey, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew McCarthy, and John or Jonathan Silverman come and pick him up. And oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, there we go. That's our uh, new movie. That's our that's our next. Uh, that's our yeah, remix yeah. where it's it's a wonderful life meets weekend at Bernie's. Oh my god! <laughs> but the the first ten minutes, he, Bailey does it. He kills himself. Oh yeah, he does. He kills himself, and then he has a wonderful life. Yeah, as somebody else, Clarence jumps in the water, and George is like, "That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat you to death." The thing for me though on how he was going to kill himself, I'm like, he dived in that thing really easy. Yeah, dude, he, he was saved somebody a else great really swimmer. Quick. I was like, that wouldn't have killed you anyway, you pussy. I feel like he probably would have been pissed. He's like, he'd probably dive into the water, and then as he's treading water, he's like, "Fuck, I forgot I'm good at swimming." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, "Well, damn it, I float." Yeah, shit. <laughs> um. I totally agree because, you know, he was looking at that water. It was all choppy and shit. And that one other, you know, then Clarence jumps in and then he's just like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, he's he like freaking dives, all, David Hasselhoff all of a sudden, you know, some people stand in the darkness. <laughs> and I was like, 
well, that would have been a waste. <laughs> that would have been a waste anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, and maybe, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great, too. But, That's a good point. But otherwise, you loved it. I did. All right. I really did. Well, other than this, I think that's it, right? I, I don't know, man. I think we did it. I think, guys, go see it. Don't listen to Noah, okay? <laughs> don't listen to Noah. I'm not saying to Noah not see it. Noah doesn't have a heart big enough true. for this one as of this year. This is true. He's had a lot of heartbreak over 2016. This is also true. You know, a lot of changes. Noah's just not in the right mind to enjoy such a beautiful life. That is pro- such a wonderful life. Well, I am saying thank you. Yes, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, it's probably a valid go. argument. <laughs> oh, I just want to hug you now, buddy. Oh, <laughs> it's all right, guys. 2017 will hopefully be better. Uh, yes, right. So, oh, I like uh, what I thought of when he saw the world without him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, is Biff Tannen in charge of this place? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, when did it turn to Vegas? <laughs> okay. It was definitely like he found the almanac. Yeah, and right. And he became rich. Potterville. Like, There's a ton I'm of. I'm like, I don't think that's how they Titty name. bars around yeah. here. Like, so basically, it turned into a titty bar city. Yeah, so thanks for not living, George. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> All these men are just like, ah, oh, crap, George, he's, George is alive now? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I just got my bills broken into dollars. Yeah. Oh, you see that, like, a dime a dance or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. Dances are still 10 bucks, though. I guess it still fits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Gary, yes, sir. What is making you hard this week? What is making me... Le hard. Um, I just got done watching a movie called Other People. Um, I had some friends that I recommended it to. They really didn't like it, but I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Who's in it? It has Molly Shannon uh, from Superstar. Uh, she was on SNL for oh, a while. I know who she is. Right? Um, she, Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yeah, thank you. She kills it in this part it was basically about her and a family she's she's terminally ill with cancer and it's going through the process of of her dealing with that um and it comes from the point of view of her gay son Mm. in a in a in sacramento is he one of the other people well the funny part is is the title the other people is that you always see families going through this stuff but you're never really going through it you know they become the other oh, people I see. uh you know like that doesn't happen to us that happens to other, other people. people exactly interesting and yet they become the other people yeah when, <laughs> i like that that's yeah, very clever very very clever uh, i mean they even have like a conversation mm-hmm. um that calls it out a little bit but it makes sense and mm-hmm. they do it in a in a very tasteful way in my opinion um but it was such a touching story man it was such a touching story it has Maud Apatow in it um who's uh Judd's older Judd, daughter. Judd's older daughter. She's um, probably like a 12 or 13 now, isn't she? No, no, dude. She's like 17. She's what? like She's up there, dude. 16, oh, 17 now. She's getting, she's getting up there. The, there's the youngest youngest one, obviously. But um, she kills it, man. She absolutely kills it. I would hope so. Um, the guy that plays this part is very unassuming for me because he was the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, he came on the scene on Breaking Bad towards the last season. Um, he was the young guy that was kind of pushing against Pinkman. Um, he was, he was kind of like the go-to guy. He was the guy with the red hair, kind of had like the chicken poxy type of skin. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name. Damn it. I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah. Uh, but he, huh. he kills it. Uh, he plays a gay, a gay writer and they do it so well in the sense, like, you know, so many movies do with writers and they go through the trouble of like really putting in the process the and like the writer. writer. They, I, th- I think they did it really well. They, cool. it's subtle. It's on Netflix, right? It is. And that's, okay. yeah. Uh, and that's where my I'll wife and I out. saw it, but loved it, man. Okay. I absolutely love. I'll check it out. Movie. I like her. Yeah. She's great. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I'm also one that other people didn't tend to like. I really liked, I went in to a screening of passengers Uh, with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Nice. And, uh, afterwards had a Q and a with the special effects people and the editor, which no, 
What? Yeah, you might think so. I mean, it seems like a movie that's heavily special oh, effects oh, it is. driven. Trust me, but so. but for Q&A, what's cool about those guys when you watch them on special features is as they're telling you the process and the you're things they're doing, it. you're seeing it. Gotcha. So for them to Q&A without having any visual representation, it's mm, like I could see that. you don't really. So what was, we did was we hung them out a wire yeah. and you're like trying to picture it all like in your the, brain. The Ill, ill-equipped host who was just. I don't he he must be someone in authority there because there's no way that like he auditioned to be the host of this because he felt so like flustered and unprepared. <laughs> Maybe he was just one of the guys that worked at the theater. I, th- I think he's part of whatever group also live streamed it. And cause there was a premiere or there was a screening in London and some other place where it was like broadcast the Q and a afterwards after everyone saw the That's screening cool, at the though. same time. So I think he was probably part of that, but he'd be basically be like the spaceship was that modeled after everything. No, that was like the next. <laughs> no, because there's nothing. I mean, but anyway. So okay, I thought. Thanks, sir. It's a very quiet film. Uh, it there's a lot of just kind of world building without a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt's by himself for a long period of that movie. Um, but I'm glad I saw it in the theater because visually it's just gorgeous. How's the sound design? Great. That's what I would. That's what I would hope would be the best is sound design. Yeah. Well, if you see it, there's certain the special effects were super important in super, certain parts. Um, and Martin Sheen uh, is the he's like the robot bartender. Um, oh, that's really. And he cool. does a great. He did so well that. Uh, I mean, like. I mean, you know, have you heard the premise at all about it? Yeah, yeah, I got an idea. Where it's just those two, basically. Right, they woke up like 90 years early or whatever. So Martin Sheen, like, um, you know, is is the android. But then there's another actor later. And Martin Sheen did such a good job as this where another actor came. I'm like, oh, finally a third actor. I'm like, oh, dummy. Like Martin Sheen wasn't really a robot. Like That's he was funny. just But I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. It's getting terrible reviews. What are they saying? Uh they're just saying that it doesn't really match up, that the that it's not exactly like a rom com cute. It kind of has moral questions that they don't think really answers. But I disagree. I feel like the, I'm I don't not gonna, always have to answer everything either. But I do feel like it was addressed because they're, I'm not going to say what it is, but there's definitely a great area that's not super great that kind of happens. And they definitely address it. And there's definitely repercussions to it. And there's like a resolution and everything. Like I feel like they kind of checked all the boxes for that story-wise. Like right. I didn't feel left. I mean the ending I felt like could have been a little bit different. But um, – I thought visually it was really cool to watch, and I I think it probably wouldn't be as great on the small screen if you don't see on the big screen first because special effects were so gorgeous and part mm. of the storytelling. It's kind of like when I saw Gravity at home, I'm like, I should have seen this in the theater because I could give two shits. Yeah. I couldn't care less watching it on my TV where I'm like, I'm just watching two hours of Sandra Burlock breathing. Like I'm <laughs> just hearing her breathe heavy. Like that's it. Whereas if I was in the theater in 3d, I'd probably be like, Oh my God, right. I'm going to float into space. I saw it in 3d. Yeah. That would have yeah, been amazing. Really I think, cool. but just by itself, 2d on your, I'm a, even though my screen's big. Nah. So mm. this one, I'd say if you're going to see it, see it on the big screen. If you don't see in the big screen, probably just don't see it. Huh? I don't think, I just don't think it would have the same, scope gotcha yeah you know that's I mean? interesting all right um so that's what i would recommend but like i said that's wildly unpopular right now because it's gotten like a 30 percent around tomatoes damn well you know what man i mean Fuck. i don't put a lot of stuff I into re- that, yeah dude I, that's the toughest thing other people me. do but i don't because i know how they calculate that that doesn't say that it's three out of ten percent like or you know 30 out right. of 30 percent it's 30 percent of critics liked it that's mm-hmm. different you know, it's not an average of the scores. It's right. an average of like versus not like. But that's the thing it's for like me. I don't or care fail. what critics yeah. say. Well, for me, there's certain critics where I will go and read why they didn't like something because sometimes their problem with things aren't a problem for me. So right. it's like it. I don't care if like um, Roger Ebert, 
the last couple of years of his life, like I disagreed with damn near everything he said. He liked but I'm everything like, pretty much. Well, the he last liked Cars years. 3, and the reason he liked Cars 3 in the review had nothing to do with the movie. It had to do with him remembering when he was a kid playing – or Cars 2. It had all to do with him playing with Cars as a child. Nothing about the actual, actual movie. movie in there. But then again, I don't know, man, because I feel nostalgia plays a factor. Right, but that's not being critical of the filmmaking, which is what – Typically, so so it's important to read the review because if you're going into it like expecting, oh, Roger Ebert gave it four stars, it must be a phenomenal story. It's better to read the review to be like, oh, but he doesn't talk about that at all. Like it's about the feeling. So right, more, right. it better equips you to go to the theater to be like, this is maybe what they had problems with. That won't be a problem for me mm. and so on and so forth. So well, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go see it. I don't care what everybody else says. I, I hung out with a couple of people this weekend and they were quoting movies that most people didn't like. Mm. And they loved those movies. Mm-hmm. They were talking tons of stuff about that. I was just, it was so refreshing. It just to shows me. how art is subjective. So subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, this, and that's why when someone's like, so you're wrong that you like, or you, you're wrong that you like that. I'm like, no, I'm no, not. I'm I just, not. I'm different. It's than just you. like me saying you're wrong for liking yeah. blue. Right. Because purple is better. How dare you? You know, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't make sense to no. me. So it's taste. Yeah, exactly. What you don't like uh uh Rob Zombie because Aaliyah is better or whatever, <laughs> you know, like those are way different, <laughs> Very man. Much. So I just I have a hard time taking stock and taking critics. stock, which yeah. is kind of funny because we do a podcast on like reviewing stuff. But what I like but, about what we talk about is we don't just say we liked it. Or we didn't like it. We explain, yeah. we explain like today. I mean, obviously I couldn't articulate why it didn't grab me, but, <laughs> right. but I could articulate what I appreciated about it. Right. And I feel like that carries weight. And yeah, that's I feel way so better than just saying yay so or nay. So many yeah. naysayers out there. Absolutely. So if you're a naysayer, Lock it up, bro. If you're a naysayer, I want to see you do better. Enjoy. Yeah, please. You yeah. know, this stuff is difficult to do out of the gate anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so I agree with you. Cool. I'll go see it anyway. I'm Good. curious. Yeah, let me know what you think. All right. Cool. And listeners, let me know what you think. Yeah, please. Uh, because I'm curious uh, what you guys think. So Cool. Well, next episode, yep. we're going to be doing another black and white film. Uh Young Frankenstein. Oh, put it on the Ritz. <laughs> I love that movie. I'm excited. All right, cool, man. I'm excited. Good, good old Mel Brooks. Good old Brooksy. We could use a good laugh. Gia, All I right, thought man. so. Thanks, man. Thank you. We out. We out.